Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Wheelman Pod. If you're new, thanks for joining us. If you're returning, we're glad to have you here for our episode. And we are available on both Spotify and Apple for those curious. Boom! Look at that, making moves. Uh, you can also find us the official Twitter page at, at the Wheelman Pod. It is spelled just like it sounds, and there are no underscores or anything like that. And you can see our own personal Twitter accounts in the link on Twitter as well. Uh, we have actually a great episode for you guys today. It's actually jam-packed, a lot of fun things, including an unbelievable playoff or leading the playoffs race to Daytona. We have Darlington coming up with the playoffs. We have the Darlington Pate schemes to preview, as well as our own personal Kyle Larson Insider will be joining us over speakerphone. We are very excited. I can't wait. I hope he has some scoops that we haven't heard yet. I am very, very excited. I can't see this leads off. Uh, but for us, we're going to start Our first right. ever guest. We've made it. We could be maybe official. Let's start off right away, though, going to some quick news, which will lead us into our interview. But for starters here, uh, we got a couple couple signings in for next year. Yeah, we got a couple extensions. Uh, Amarola and Smithfield, the uh, the old package deal, right? Uh, back at uh, Stewart Haas next year. Um, Smithfield's going to run 25 races, roughly like 70% of the schedule, which is – I think he's running about the same right now. Um, they haven't released any financials for either deal, but the Smithfield deal is expected to be in the low eight figures. We both kind of figured that was a natural fit just because the way Roll has been running this year. Uh, it's probably been, his, I think it's been his best statistical season. I mean, he wins, but he's had some really strong runs and some top five cars. Smithfield, of course, in the way this sponsor has been declining and with COVID, you know, some of the sponsorship deals, getting 25 races out of somebody, it's, it's great to see that. And I think they said, too, it's the 10th year that Smithfield and Rolla have been together. Yeah, so apparently Bacon isn't recession-proof. So <laughs> the 10 is that going for him? It's the salt. It's got to be a little salt in it. <laughs> a lot of cholesterol. Uh, and also, uh, defending Daytona winner William Byron got a two-year extension uh, that he signed on August 8th, but apparently they waited for him to win to announce it. you got to respect that, right? Yeah, I mean, so they re-upped him for two years, 2021 and 2022. Um, this year he has one win, two top fives, and nine top tens. So he is, he's probably performing up to what they expect of him. The one thing with Byron is he is very young, and you can see that they kind of put some eggs in his basket when they brought in Chad Knauss as his crew chief. They kind of left the nine as is. Jimmy kind of got casted away, but they really moving Knauss to the twenty-four showed Hendrick's investment in him. And it's good to see him in the playoffs and get that first win this last weekend. Yeah, and uh, it's good to see the 24 back during victory lane oh, because yeah. it's been a long time. Only two ever winners in the 24, Jeff Gordon and now William Byron. Oh, that's a fun fact. I didn't know that. Yeah. Shout out Jeff Gordon, by the way. Yeah, uh, Cali boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this next news update, I don't even know if it's news. It's a spicy rumor um, about this whole Michael Jordan, possibly Denny Hamlin Mm -hmm. uh interest in buying richard petty motorsports nothing's been confirmed it's actually been denied by michael jordan's people uh but bob pakras tweeted out love bob this past week kind of clarifying uh the rules for a car ownership a driver in a four car organization potentially could have ownership in another organization if nascar is convinced it it is not a fifth car of the organization the driver drives for. So, long story short, Denny's in. 
Yeah, so it sounds like we kind of touched on it last episode how they broke it up when Roush had all five of their cars in the original playoffs, so they had five of the ten teams. I know the playoffs expanded now, but they want to break up that kind of like monopoly or a dynasty kind of thing. So their idea is they don't want a situation of, even like Toyota right now, how everyone's in the Gibbs camp. So even though there's four Gibbs cars, that fifth guy really is a, you know, like not a Gibbs driver. If Hamlin remains with Gibbs, which it all – it looks like it's going to happen for the rest of his career. He has that locked-up seat. Yeah. And then if uh, the, uh, RPM stays with Chevy or RCR, Hendrick Alliance, wherever they choose, that would be, again, a completely different manufacturer and be all within the rule book for him to be a part owner of that organization then. Yeah, and he could just kind of do his own thing too. It, uh, I, I don't see this happening, but wow, it would be sweet because shit like this just doesn't happen in nascar i love rumors yeah yes it's not like a tony stewart owner driver it's not like even uh how some drivers don't own other drivers cars kind of like like a mark martin used to like matt kenseth car or something like they had weird like ownership deals that the drivers have some of the owners but this is a completely different thing i've never seen before for like different organizations yeah and it just being with denny and michael jordan i, f- I feel like michael jordan is really the uh, driving factor because you could totally see denny even just buying a team um just because he loves racing so much. I'm almost surprised we haven't seen Denny venture out into some of the lower series. We've seen Kyle Busch runs truck. I, does he still do the Xfinity? or only truck now? Um, I, the 50, I think he only has a truck. Yeah, team. it used to be the 54 car in Xfinity. Mm-hmm. I think he, he still did. does run the 54, but I believe it's for Gibbs. Okay. I, I could be wrong, but I think he yeah. runs it for Gibbs. Harvick used to have a team. I know he scratched that. Junior has a, a similar thing where Hendrick doesn't have a team in Xfinity, but, like, but it's junior motorsports, so yeah. they kind of do. But it's like it's something with junior motorsports. I'm I'm surprised we don't see Denny kind of venture out into truck or Xfinity first, and then really put some interest in the cup. But yeah, get that Jordan knows. logo on the hood. It's agreed. It's it's a great I mean, logo. The, the amount of jump man. The amount of shoes that they could create paint schemes for would be insane. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Like oh, just yeah. having like Kobe cars or like. Well, speaking of Kobe, there was the Ryan Blaney, uh, Kobe yep. body armor car was yeah. fire. R.I.P. Um, but yeah, that would be sweet. Like, all I mean, a lot. I feel like a lot of people are LeBron haters, but imagine having like a LeBron James, like the lion, on the hood of the car. I know there's a lot of possibilities here. Yeah, it's, it's definitely. Yeah, it's definitely. We yeah. we just would love to see it just for the overall paint scheme part of it. And we are, are a very paint scheme heavy podcast today, so it's the schemes are on the mind. Uh, let's see here if we can get, get our uh, our insider on the line here and see what's going on. There he is. There he is. Our Kyle Larson insider, Chris, is on the phone with us. Uh, how, how are you feeling tonight? You know what, boys? I'm going to tell you, I'm not feeling too bad. I've been reading a lot of uh, insight going to my boy, the former 4-2 car, and I feel like things are on the on the turnout for him. All right. So let's get right into it. What have you been hearing? Wait, I, What's the wait, word I on I want to say one thing first. Uh, oh, oh. I don't know how much you guys follow the old, the old uh, the dirt racing. But uh, my boy ran two late model races last week. Uh, he ran Thursday, uh, late model. First time he's ever ran the late model race, and he finished fifth. He did, I will say, he did put the car pretty hard into the fence on the last couple laps and took himself from uh, third to fifth. Mm. But he did, run, he did run the second time on Saturday and led all 50 laps into the W on the second time. So it was a pretty uh, pretty incredible feat. 
for the old former four two cop. I believe they called it a wire to wire victory. Um, it was it was tough to watch. I'll be honest with you. Uh, what with what channel who, was this on? Uh, it's not on a channel. It's actually uh, stream only. So I had to tune in to a <laughs> to an internet browser. Crack streams. Through, uh, a lo- were you, on, a, were you uh, on crack streams? Stolen login. Oh, well. I, I um, <laughs> we appreciate your commitment to the Kyle Larson dirt track racing, though. Uh, I I think Matt has a question real quick, though. Uh, well, I mean, all I can say is he beat a guy out. Uh, he beat Brandon, Brandon Shepard, who has twenty five wins in the season. The guys what just took on the, the season? Take the brakes off of this guy. <laughs> Uh, someone total, total Chris, man. I don't want to interrupt you here, but someone would argue that right now, nothing against the Dirt Series competition, but it's almost like playing football in the 60s or playing against janitors. Uh, it, it's not good. I will say I'm pretty sure uh, there's maybe two guys that can win, win the race. So Larson being involved and came coming in at the third person to win a race was not an incredible feat, but it's still pretty impressive being that it's only his second time running. Uh, a late model car. Does it also piss you off at all that we are going to Darlington this weekend, a track that Kyle Larson has been a favorite at for a couple years, and he will not be racing at it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's got over the last, like, three or four races, he's led, I think, around 460 laps. Um, being a true Kyle Larson, bleeding through and through fan, uh, it, it does, it's a little butt hurt for me, but uh, I have all my eggs in the basket of the number four car. The 14? Oh, I see. But Chris did pick uh, Kevin Harvick this weekend for uh, our league pick Uh Chris, you want to go into any rumors that we've heard recently about the 14 car and possibly uh, for uh, Larson moving the 14? So I was a little deflated today um, to hear that the, the old 10 car, uh, Mr. Rolla, the, the bacon boy, did re-sign his uh, extension. Uh, Just one year. Through the next year, through the next year, but that did eliminate one extra car that uh, the the former four two Kyle Larson could have went to. But I am hopeful still with Boyer obviously headed for the booth. Uh, I'm hopeful that the the spot opens up. Tony Stewart already kind of said his piece with Larson served his time, and it's time for to put him back in the Cup car. So we're hopeful. There's no autograph sign. There's no signatures. There's no confirmation. But we're hopeful he lands in the in the 14 going going forward. So I saw the article that you sent um, about a Reddit rumor of him being signed as soon as he's reinstated. Um, so Tommy NASCAR on uh, Reddit, very well renowned uh, NASCAR Reddit source. Um, did you happen to uh, read the article that was written? I did not. Ah. So you didn't log in to get full access to the article? Correct. I did not log in to get full access to the article. Okay, okay. But I am also hopeful. Hey, I just want to add, the the old 2-1 car is maybe open too. So there's a shot he goes to Penske. Well, what about the uh, 32 car that Corey LeJoy is vacating? Ooh. Uh, big Trump guy. Big Trump guy. Uh, wouldn't hate it. Um, not sure it would work out, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, I'm so hopeful he lands in better equipment going to the uh, the old one four. Chris, the 32 car, it does say Go Fast Racing, and it's a Stuart Haas Alliance. So, I mean, that's just, that's a double whammy for you. You're good to go. Yeah, but would you rather take would you rather take a 2-1 Penske Alliance, or would you rather take a... 
32 alliance, I got to be honest, I'm favoring the 14. I mean, or, however, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm favoring the uh, the Wood Brothers going with Penske. That's fair. However, there's not a wheelman in the 2 1. Mm. Oh, it's just the best wheelman on the track. Dirt, I don't care what it is. I mean, he's got, he, he had, in fairness, I will say, for, for Port Royal, Pennsylvania, where he won his first late model race, number two race, he does have three wins in his sprint wing car, but. The guy's a straight wheel, man. You guys know it. I know it. I mean, some could say he was the influence of the name of the podcast. Some would. Uh, repeat? He inspired the podcast name based on his driving ability. Oh, 100%. If he didn't, he should be t- taking ownership rights to your complete podcast. Uh, and a side note here, a uh, simple question. Uh, has Kyle Larson signed yet? Negative. Hmm. Mm. Mm. That's tough. You, hear it. Yes. you really do. Um, well, Chris, we appreciate you joining us. Um, hopefully we can have you live in studio or as another guest appearance. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Appreciate uh, the time. I do appreciate it, Chris. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you. All right, that was that was great. That was great insight from our Kyle Larson insider, Chris. He definitely knows his stuff, as you heard. He he watches these like weekday races on like Bob's garagebeer.net website streaming these races. It really shows you the commitment and uh, just the just the overall tenacity that these Kyle Larson Passion. fans have. Passion, that's a good word too. Yes. They'll go to all lengths to find an illegal website to watch his races on. Uh, now, now we've kind of recapped some of the news. Let's kind of go back to the biggest news, which was the race on Saturday, which we thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, again, Daytona. It was set to be the last race of the season. It was cool because that is technically like a wild card type race, as anyone can win it. And we did see, as a spoiler for anybody here, William Byron win the race. And if you were a betting man, 32 to 1 odds he was at. So you could have made yourself a pretty penny betting on him and cashing yourself in on that. Uh, just looking over the race, it was really kind of a vanilla start. They raced pretty close together in two lines at the bottom line and top line, but. Pretty vanilla, nothing happened. Legato, Pretty standard, yeah. standard uh, super speedway race. No one did anything stupid, which is awesome. So the first two stages were all clean. Logano won both stages. Nothing dramatic happened. Nothing at all. Uh, one note I had for stage two was that Denny did have a pit road penalty, and I forgot what the exact thing was, but it was some like tic-tac-y penalty. All it did was put him in the back of the field for stage three, and he, he maneuvered through it, so it wasn't yeah. a big deal. Uh, going into stage three... Uh, again, it was pretty quiet. The only thing we saw was just the Ford, Chevy, and Toyotas all had their different manufacturer like pit cycles where you would see all the Fords come down together, all the Chevys come together, etc. Uh, and then when really what got interesting was at five to go. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, it was n- uh, the nine to go. We had the crash that really sparked everything. And that was when Kyle Busch was on the high line, Jones in second. Reddick had a big run. Cuts to the low side going to turn. Goes for like a slide job, but never clearly had like the angle to complete the pass. Kyle Busch tried checking up, and this was our first big one. Uh, and it crashed half the field. I think you had some more details on it, but I know it brought down at least four or five contenders and another four or five guys in that mid-pack. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, who do you blame on that one? Do you blame the spotter? Because, um, I mean, it looked like he was clear. When he slid up the track, I thought he was clear, but clearly... He's yeah. not. I don't know if Reddick checked up a little bit when sliding up the track, which I'm sure just natural instinct when you make a hard right turn, you're probably going to slow down a little bit. But he kind of brought KY with him, 
and like KY was done, and then he took out Eric Jones, which then just Eric Jones really started yeah. the. Kyle, Kyle Busch tried to check. I mean, you'd see him slow down, but just you're so close racing there that Jones had nowhere to go. And then they stack up, and then one person gets turned, and then there's nowhere else for the rest of the field to go. But looking at it, I like Reddick's aggressiveness. The only problem is we've seen aggressiveness on super speedways. You have to pick your spots, and aggressive blocking usually ends up in the big crashes. It's not the guys who go for the passes. It's the guys that kind of throw up a block to block the momentum of one of the lanes, and that's when you see guys get turned. Yeah, it, I, it's weird saying these guys don't have experience because they've raced these tracks in lower levels. But in these cars with little experience, you got to know, like, there's reasons why people don't make those huge moves with that many laps left in the race. They usually wait until three or two to go because shit like that happens. The, you're immediate. You're either going to overtime where the race is going to end, or you could potentially win the race. Right. You don't want to make a move that's going to take out half the field with nine laps to go. So Kyle Busch was the leader. Then Reddick slid up into him, so he was in, got second. Then when he crashed, Jones is in third. Both of them were just out of the race. You also got ahead. Kurt Busch and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Ryan Newman get tagged up in it. Yeah. That, and all three of them were running pretty much solid top 15 all day. Yeah, all these guys were like top 15, which was tough. Stenhouse was one of those guys, too, where he's usually in the opposite end of this. He's the one doing something overly aggressive, causing his issues. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that stood out to me they brought up on the broadcast was they told – I think it was Brian Patty is the crew chief for Stenhouse. They told him – uh, at lap 130, now you can go. Mm-hmm. The first 130, kind of just chill in line, just don't do anything crazy, kind of relax. Last 30 laps, do your thing. And at that time, the crash, nine to go, he was in fourth place. I believe the second car in the bottom line. So you could see that he was in position to win. He did everything he did, ran his clean race, and still gets tied up in an incident that he didn't do anything. Like, he couldn't do anything with it. Yeah, I mean, that's just Daytona. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just Daytona. Uh. So that you have anything else on that first crash? Moving on to the second big crash was with five to go. They went green, and the crash happened with two to go. Which was interesting with this was off that restart, uh, Logano and Hamlin kind of linked up, and they were the two of control cars leading that pack. And things got really dicey when they hit two to go because uh, Bubba had a big run, and he kind of pushed himself to the outside. Uh, Hamlin saw a guy bump beef. He's in that second row middle, got bumped be- from behind by Kenseth. And right ahead of him was Logano. And he tried to, like, he either hit Logano or go to the low side. Look, Hamlin tried making the move to retain second place or retain that leader at the bottom line. And he ended up clipping the 22, which then got up into Bubba. And then 22 came back on the track. And we had another big 10 car pile. Yeah. First of all, Bubba was flying when that happened. Yeah. Bubba was on his way to first place. And, uh, yeah, so you see Logano slide up, get into Bubba. But during this crash, the race-winning move took place. Yeah, if you want to touch it. This was actually right when this crash, right when Logano moved up the track and hit Bubba, there was just an absolute like, There was a car's width that William Byron made it through. Yeah. And it was it ended up being a race-winning move because all those guys got taken out. If, if Byron didn't make that move, um, he was going to take it out. Yeah, it was definitely a move where you, you just say, like, you see a gap and you say, fuck it and go with it. And those, like we say, are, are winning moves. And I love the effort, especially from a young, hungry driver. Yeah. Uh, then going into how we actually – so that gave him the lead in that final restart. 
but going over how he's able to keep it for the, the green white checkered was very interesting because actually that last backstretch, so a half lap to go, Truex Jr. had the lead, and then uh, Byron cut to the low side, and he had help from Chase. Chase followed him from that middle to the bottom, and it looked like Truex went to go with them from the high line, like rotate down one lane with them to side draft them, keep them equal. But the issue was Hamlin, I think, didn't know that was happening or went for the win himself, and he went to the high line, so three wide. But then Hamlin and Truex had no one behind them, so they had no more momentum, where, again, Byron had Elliott behind him, and they were able to, again, hold that bottom, come off the line, or that, that right, off the, right off the bottom line, unaffected, finish 1-2. And the biggest part that I heard, too, was when rewatching that last couple of laps, the audio, I believe, of Chase's spotter was, you can clear, like, clearly hear, he says, stay with your teammate, keep digging. Yeah, yeah, you could hear that. As it's like team orders, we know you want the win and stuff, but here we'd rather Byron win, you finish second, nice little thing, don't wreck each other, it'll be good for the whole team. Yeah, exactly. I mean, B- Byron, the last 10 laps, Byron ran a great race. And, he, I mean, he ran a great race all day. Agreed. He, he was a really good car. He was leading at other points of the race. Um, It, like... That move that he made was outstanding, and he did, he finished. It's hard to do at Daytona. Yeah, it, you, we brought up guys like Stenhouse, where it doesn't matter how clean of a race you have, how smart you run it, you get you you didn't do anything wrong and get tied up in a crash. Where Byron was just threading needles, he was making the moves. He had help from teammates. It was definitely a perfect race. Definitely a good story to see him getting the playoffs, not just off like points, because he'd been safe if he finished in the top five. But getting a win, it's like you earn that position in the playoffs. Yeah, and I'm sure it's very reassuring to have a two-year extension already in your back pocket. But then to win, like, <laughs> the same week that you get it announced, like, he's probably like, don't get it twisted. Like, I got this on my merits alone. But this win's a nice little cherry on top. Yeah, it's definitely a boost for the confidence, too. Yeah. Uh, let's go into our – do you have anything like, else so to raise? I, I just had the top ten. Yeah. Um, I have a few new names in the top ten. Uh, we have William Byron finishing first. Chase Elliott finishing second. Uh, Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex bounced back from kind of falling off a little bit on that backstretch to finish third and fourth. Uh, Bubba Wallace fifth. Ryan Blaney sixth. Alex Bowman seventh. Brendan Gaughan eighth. Uh, Chris Buescher ninth. And Brad Keselowski tenth. Yeah, so there's definitely a lot of names in there that we will touch on later, both just surprising to see or we thought they could do better or worse. We'll definitely touch on them and kind of leading into that, for our, our segments of the Daytona night race, uh, the first one's going to be the move of the day, and I think we both kind of have the same exact move of the day, and we just touched on it, but mine is William Byron just threading the needle, going four wide. I think it came out actually the leader. It was first or second for sure, mm-hmm. but that gave him that top row in the restart, which kind of gave him that you know lead car for the rest of the greenway checkered. Yeah, um, so 100% agree. I love that move. Uh, my move of the day, however, was Josh Balicki. Okay. And he started 39th and mm-hmm. finished 38th. <laughs> and he didn't. He, so Even so, with all the crashes? He didn't crash out of the race. Okay. According to the site, that I, I believe I used uh, driver averages, he was still running. So he finished 38th place, still running. Good job, Josh Balicki. That's that's quite. How many laps down was he? Do we have that set on, I, on him? I don't Damn. have that well, stat. Sorry, but, I went too far there. Maybe we'll cut it. Uh, <laughs> no, we don't have to cut it. It's, it wasn't a stat that um, you prepared for. I felt was important. Mm-hmm. I was more concerned that he finished 38th with 
approximately 20 cars out ahead of him. So we also do the for our next segment, why'd you stay out and also just park it or put it in the garage, either we want to call it. I didn't have really either because so this was a clean race. Now, if someone would have crashed at Daytona and then – Like an early crash. Yeah. Then you would have seen somebody and, stay out and – And they're riding around like three laps down trying to pick up spots. They're, like they're not in the playoffs. Like example would be – not trying to call out names, but like let's say a Ty Dillon gets in the wall, loses the whole fender. He meets the minimum speed though, but he's like four laps down. You're almost like, dude, why don't you just go in the all, garage? Yeah, all he like, does is he's just an obstacle in the turns yeah. for the, the main pack. Yeah, you see the pack whip by and they have to change their lanes <laughs> yeah. a little bit. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah, there was like Tim Hill was like that, but I mean, we love Tim Hill. You know, we love big time. Yeah, good job, big time. Uh, let's go to the more simpler weekly and our probably our favorite segments. Did Kyle Busch win? No. Did Jimmy Johnson crash? Yeah. We're back. Yep. We finally broke the streak streak of double nose. Uh, and it's really a bit bittersweet of Jimmy crashing because yeah. it is his last season and he did not making the playoffs. But we're off the schneid. I'm not happy seeing him crash because I was rooting for him to make the playoffs as you were. But yeah. I think everybody, like whether you like or don't like Jimmy Johnson, this is last year and you kind of wanted to see him in the playoffs. Because he's been running yeah. very well recently. I was just very happy that one of our segments actually turned into a yes. I was mm-hmm. sick of these no's. I was sick of the rejection just in my face. Like, Matumbo was walking by here and just swatting everything from us. Yeah, it uh, just ripped right from our grasp. But he, he ran a good race. Uh, he ran well at Dover. So, I mean, it was a – it just – that's Daytona. Like, it, he just got taken out in a random Daytona crash. Um, So, I mean, the best cars of the day, obviously, William Byron will be one of them. Um. I also have Chase and Denny just because they were <laughs> second and third, and Denny's always a uh, powerhouse at uh, Daytona, and Chase ran very well as well. So and he started, I believe, thirtieth. He started. He Chase started in the, the back for yeah. sure. Because I haven't fanned. It was an easy lineup. Yeah, that was an easy pick. So I had Hamlin, but I didn't. My other two guys that I had for best cars, I thought over the course of the race were Hamlin. No particular order, but Hamlin. Logano and Kyle Busch. Uh, Logano won the first two stages, led a race high 36 laps. Kyle Busch led 31 laps, which was second most. And just looking at it, all those drivers were top five in driver rating for the whole race. And then they also were one, two, three in the average running position. So I just felt like they, those were the guys that were the elite guys. Nothing against Byron. I actually had him from another category. Uh, I just thought those were the guys who made stuck out as the best cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just for my Byron defense, he did lead in the beginning. It was kind of like, obviously, with Daytona, you're going to kind of go back and forth. I think it was like leading. 19 laps. He, like he was always near the front. He always – he just – he looked good. Like, yeah. he just looked good the entire race. And then he makes uh, – the four-wide move, obviously, I'm a little biased towards because that was fucking sweet. Um, and then he ends up winning. So, that's why I had him. But so I'll just, understandable. I'll just take him right there because I had him for overachiever. Byron? I, yeah. I thought he. I was, thought you picked him too. I, yeah, I did pick him for, uh, for the old Twitter picks, which is again free advice for anybody. We'll get it sent out in the official. Uh, yeah, podcast, we're going to start tweeting a lot from the main. We're going to start live tweeting races. We're going to start just sending out a bunch of random facts and betting stuff. Trying, so. trying to make you some free money. I did a William Byron the Twitter picks winning the race. So uh, again, it's not gambling if you know you're going to win. Looking at other overachievers, I had Byron. <laughs> is that is that trademarked? Red star trademark. Red uh, we had uh, overachievers. So I had Byron. We kind of talked about him all day. Like you were saying, he was strong. He had a big four wide move. He got his first win. Uh, you can't say more about the way he raced. 
I had Bubba as a sneaky fifth place because he's the guy who didn't seem like he was up there in the final 15 laps really kind of like, I don't know, he got himself in a great position. And you saw a couple of runs. He was involved in mm-hmm. the crash with Logano, and he still fought through it. And I think if he could have been a little closer to Hamlin or Truex on that last lap, he could have potentially fought for me not to win, but maybe a, a top three instead of fifth. Yeah, and I mean, Bubba's shown potential at Super Speedways. Uh, two years ago, he finished second at the 500. So mm-hmm. he, he definitely has the Super Speedway IQ. Um, and he, ran, he ran well. I mean, that, that one run that he had, he was going to be in first before Logano hit him. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, he, it was a solid race. I also had... I know I'll give you the one uh, one guy you love to have, Gilmar Fanduel guy, but the last one I'll say is Martin Truex Jr. Just for the sole fact of I think he's an absolute bag of shit on super speedway races. <laughs> he does this, though. He did this uh, when Eric Jones won. He just he just hangs out in the back, and then they just tell him to push, and he fucking goes. Push, it's crazy. push now. It's crazy. He's reminiscent of Dale Jr.'s last couple of years where he rides in the back, and you're just like, are you going to go, or are you just going to sit back there? Oh, you're going to sit back there. Then, like, no caution happens, and you finish 28th, and you're just like, well, that was a fucking joke. But Truex, <laughs> I thought was actually aggressive this year, and I, I think it's a perfect mixture of being aggressive but also cautious, as he finished second. He was second – or not second, I'm sorry. He was second in, sec- in the second stage, and he finished fourth, and he led 14 laps. I think overall for tracks, he's not necessarily the greatest set for him. I thought it was a fantastic finish. Mm-hmm. No, it was. Yeah, It, it was also gave race. him uh, this incredible run going. He now has eight straight top fours this season, and it's not, it, that's impressive. There's no wins included with that. That's also true. But eight straight top fours is also very Wait, impressive. It's even more impressive that he hasn't won one of those. I don't even think he – oh, no, he got second place at Dover. To both Dovers. Yeah. Disregard everything I just said. But eight straight top fours is definitely impressive. Yeah. Uh, um, I gave you the uh, the easy one. I know you were uh, salivating at the mouth for over here. Yeah. So, Brendan Gone finished eighth. Um, and he's just kind of a guy that, like, always seems to find his way up to the front. He survives all the crashes, usually because he starts, like, dead last. Um, which, in this case, it works. Yeah. So, like, that's a guy that you want in your fan duel because he's starting so far back. He doesn't get mixed up with all these. Now, granted, there weren't any crashes really until the end. But he was running so far back in the pack that when those crashes did happen, it helped him out a lot. Yeah, it's huge. You get the place differentiation. So, like, if he goes up 10 spots, it's all positive money or positive points. But also, if he crashes or he blows an engine, he finishes 40th, he can't get you minus points at all. He yeah. already is starting, starting last. So it's exactly. always, it's a very, and he's so cheap too. It's a very uh, high reward, low he, risk uh, driver. He was player. actually kind of expensive because I think, like, FanDuel knew. Yeah. <laughs> like, the same, like, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was the most expensive. I think he was, well, he was like, I think 12, I think. It was 12. With Sunhouse, too, was he's is one of the best restricted plate racers or super super speedway racers. Yeah. And he was also, because he crashed at Dover the previous race, like Elliott, they both were starting farther back than normally would. So they automatically are counting for them being two really good super speedway racers plus starting in the back. It gives you a lot more potential for, like, a big points day. Yeah, good week. We're kind of getting into the fan deal here, but – yeah, That's just a right. solid overall uh, effort by Brendan Gone in the 62. So those are overachievers. Do you have anyone else that you want to throw in there? No, not really. I mean, like this, like super speedways are just so random that it's hard to say that a guy overachieve or underachieve because of the amount of crashes yeah. that happen. Like, I'm not going to say Kyle Busch underachieved because he finished, like, 
36th um, just because he crashed. Like, if you didn't watch the race and you saw Kyle Busch in 36, you're like, wow, that guy sucked. But it's like a lot of these guys just crash out. So I didn't have too many for that. For, no, for underachievers? Underachiever, like, yeah. I mean, because all the guys I would have picked are, were, they crashed out. So I, to your point, I, my, I had three underachievers, but like with an asterisk. I had Kyle Busch and Logano just because I thought they were the best cars and their finishes by no means represent how good they were. So the results show 30th and 33rd or the hell it was. But to me, they're both top five cars. That's the only reason that I put them as like underachievers. But that comes with the beast of running these speedways up front. You're going to put yourself in danger of the crashes. Mm-hmm. The only other guy I had was Brad Kozlowski. He's a guy usually is one of the favorites for our super speedways. And I feel like I didn't see him or like hear his name at all. He snuck in for 10th. But he was that, like, hiding in the background, avoid crashes, finish where you're at, where usually he's that guy pushing the issue running top five. I mean, him and Blaney were kind of the same way. I didn't really see Blaney too often. Maybe it's just because his car blended in. Mm. Um, but Blaney was really the same way for me. Um, so I want to play a quick little over-under with you, who finished – or okay. high or low, who finished okay. higher or okay. lower. Shoot. Quinn Huff or Tim Hill? I'm going to take uh... – I'm going to take double zero finished higher. Yes. He finished one spot higher in yes. 23rd. Yes. Um, all right. When we say higher, we mean better position. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes, a better position. Brendan Poole. Okay. Or Daniel Suarez. Oh, it's easy Suarez pick. That is incorrect. Damn it. Brendan, Fool, Brendan Poole. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, man. Sorry. That was, I, that was disrespectful on my part. Unnecessary and disrespectful. Unnecessary. Uh, Brendan Poole finished 15th. Damn. Daniel Suarez finished. I just saw. I him. lost him. Fuck. Where'd he go? I just saw him leading laps. Twenty sixth. I saw him leading laps and thought, okay, Suarez had himself a day out here. No, I, I think you he bamboozled crashed. Me. I, I believe he crashed out. You bamboozled me. Yeah, I've been in, the, in the comp scope. The uh, comp scope car. Where do you want over the best car? I guess we'll go into the paint schemes here. Uh, first things first. I'm gonna go with. I know you picked him this week, but one of my favorite drivers, Ryan Blaney. He was in the Body Armor fan vote. They had a couple different flavors, and the fans picked the Strawberry Banana. Yeah, it was a good-looking car. Looked kind of funky. It was a throwback to, like, 90s NASCAR paint schemes, and I loved it. It was it was just obnoxiously 90s. Yes, loved it. <laughs> like the, It was like the carpet at Chuck E. Cheese. That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> they were called, like, triangles and weird. Like, yeah, a bunch ne- of little weird ne- little squiggles. Neon squiggles. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're going to, like, laser tag. Yeah, or, like, just a local, like, a family-owned ice cream shop where you get the <laughs> cups with the crazy designs on it. That's what it reminded me of. But it was a good-looking car. Um, oh, yeah, go for him. Okay, so... Hit me some rapid fire. So I also had... I feel like we take this every time, but the Chase Elliott Hooters car is just cash. The all-black one bl- especially. Yeah, the all-black is cash. Um, the number 17... Uh, Chris Busher's fifth third bank car I feel like is always solid. It's not like a top-tier scheme, but it looks good out there. Do you know what's cool? Looks with that? good under the lights. Do you know what's cool with that car too? Is that's a car that's been, it hasn't changed much. Where Kenseth had in the seventeen, Stenhouse had in the seventeen. Yeah, it's a generation to generation yeah, scheme. Yeah, someone's like a Roush seventeen, fifth third bank. You're gonna have that car for a couple of races a year. It's yeah, just, it's cool to see it. Yeah. Um, and then so I always dog this guy every single week. This is not Michael McDowell. Oh. Um, I have no idea. He's, in, you're talking he's about in my worst schemes. Um, so Cole Custer. 
<laughs> the hood. I put an asterisk next to this. The hood trash. They added more spark plugs. Uh-huh. I told them to get rid of spark plugs. I said one spark plug. One giant spark plug. One where it says Haas, put a spark plug. And then put Haas above it. If you're gonna have I a, could I could what if, lay this out for them. What if you did this? What if you had Haas spelled out in spark plugs? Just spitballing here. Or or they could just put the name Haas in the spark plug. On the car. Or on the hood. That's what I just said. Oh, I thought you meant like you spell out Haas with individual spark plugs. Yeah. No, so I'm saying just one big spark plug. Yeah, no and, too. Yeah. That's Either way, just do better. Yeah, um, it's never good. But so the asterisk is the side and the rear quarter panel was sweet. I don't remember what they were. It was like a like a uh, brown. So do you ever play Halo? Maybe 2002. I mean, same. But do you remember the sword that you yes, get? Yes. It looked like that. That like silver blue thing? Yeah, like the, the plasma sword yeah, or whatever yeah, it's yeah, called. Yeah, now I'm with it. I'm back. Yeah. I'm back. It reminded me of that. Uh, and I was like, damn. Solid. I like the side of that car. Nice. I like it. You can't convince me on that hood, though. You got to do better. Yeah. Any others? I know there's another good one out there for you. Uh, I mean, I have the uh, Bush's best beans car. Always, always yeah. have been there. Anytime Bush's <laughs> is run, I put that in his best game. Yeah, that was Ryan Priest. For those who didn't know, I was going for the only one that you that I had that you didn't say was the Eric Jones Auto Owners Insurance. Okay, so I have a note, but continue. I liked it because usually we've been dogging on people, whether it's like Penske runs the Money Lion, the Dent Wizard, uh, PPG's been getting pushed around. We've been seeing Gibbs has used sport clips, auto owners, and interstate with the different drivers. I actually really liked the 20s paint scheme this year compared to the, or for this race, compared to the 19 that, you, that usually runs the auto owner's insurance. I like that fade of white to like light blue to dark blue i just overall thought it was a very nice scheme i did yes i do like it better than the truex one i just want teams to stop sharing schemes i you have so <laughs> many sponsorships for each car just de- designate it i get the money is very important in this but damn man i it confuses the fuck out of me the last one that i had was just for you only because you love this scheme was Suarez did run his car that you loved yeah the comscope yep, yep. That, that's your i car. saw that spin out on the uh the apron at one point but yeah that's your car yeah i don't i don't really like yeah we touched on kind of like what we think comscope is but we i didn't look it up i don't know what comscope is it sounds like an internet startup yeah i'm not sure but yeah. we're just going to skip past that to the worst schemes yep. and this is something i actually have a tough time with i will criticize drivers for running poorly or making bad decisions i don't really criticize schemes if you're trying to make a scheme like different i criticize guys that schemes that are so bad or they run it every single week doesn't change at all that's where i have the ones i always bring up i don't like harvick's mobile one i think they do much better and Mm -hmm. i don't like hamlin's fedex because it's the same car every single week change okay cool he changes ground to express was he in the Express this week? I don't know. Slash care. He, I just think mm. he can do better. Definitely. I mean, he used to have sweet FedEx cars. Yeah. So we, I think we've touched with it. It's just, yeah. it's just annoying when you know there's things you can do differently and they don't do that. Yeah. The only other one that I have is the. Uh, Why well, have Redix number eight? Just because it was there was a lot of lot going on. Is on it, it like a Kuma or a Kuna? I, it, there's so many lines going in different directions on that car. I couldn't tell which. Yeah. You also was put up. a line in the wall. Boom. A couple of them actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then uh, just standard Michael McDowell, 34 carparts.com. There was like bullseyes 
on the side in the hood. It was it it was it looked like it was supposed to be some kind of like weird acid trip car, but it just didn't look good. So speaking of paint schemes, we're gonna shift here for Darlington, which is of course the Labor Day throwback race Sunday night. Everyone tends to bring out their best for this. If you do not have a throwback paint scheme or some special paint scheme, you're automatically going to be listed as the worst schemes of the week by us. Like, even the guys with no sponsorships have throwback schemes. Yes. So what we're doing for this special event, instead of kind of doing this as a post-race segment, we want to fire you guys up, the listeners, and we're actually going to do a 10 paint scheme draft. We're going to pick back and forth of our personal, snake, snake yep, draft. Our yep. personal favorites here. And do you want first pick or second pick? Uh, do you want Siri to flip a coin for us? You can just pick if you want to pick. All right. Siri, flip a coin. Oh, this is great air. Heads. Well, no one picked the thing. You didn't call it in the air. Okay, I'll do tails. <laughs> All right. Siri, flip a coin. It's tails this time. All right. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Siri. I uh, fucked myself. Big win for that. Uh, I think where I'm going to go with first pick and my first overall on the board is going to be Eric Amarola. He's running a go bowling scheme, but it's a throwback to 1957 Fireball Roberts. There's a what a name. There's a lot going on. Anytime yeah. I can bring up Fireball Roberts or say Fireball in terms of NASCAR, I think it's absolutely what hilarious. What a great racing name. And they, I know, right? <laughs> and then he has like the old school Ford where like the – Almost like the hatch that's at, or like the spoiler turns into white. Everything else is red. The old school font for his numbers, and mm-hmm. then he has just like bowling pins all over his car. I just think they hit out of the park, and it looks fantastic. I would say they bowled a strike. I hate myself for saying that. Mm, that's tough. Yeah. Um, so Boom. insert booze right now. Yeah, that was tough. Uh, so like what Cole Custer does with the spark plugs that I don't like, Eric Amarola did with bowling pins, and I do like his. I agreed. feel like that's I feel like that's absolutely a bit, agreed. That's totally biased because I'm more of a bowler than a spark plug guy, um, but I do agree with the Amarola uh, pick. I'm surprised I got this. Um, my first pick is going to be the Kevin Harvick uh, yeah. 1997 beer can Bush beer can throwback. I actually had second as as a tough choice. Me, I went the bowling thing, but yeah, yeah. I just pick. I know how big of a Harvick guy you were. I, I was surprised that I got it. Uh, it's just. The, the ice cap mountains on the side and on the hood. Oh, it's just a great-looking car. And then the white, too. The white and the, the light, uh, like, ice blue, if you want to say. It looks great. It, it's also a throwback because Kevin Harvick won uh, the Bush Series title when they're the title sponsor of the now the Xfinity Series. He won in 2001 and 2004. So it's a nice little kind of, like... Yeah, callback. Yeah, yeah. like it. Uh, so my second pick... Uh, this is probably going to throw some people off, but the J.J. Yaley Nerf Jacobs oh, uh, Jacob damn. Company's car. It's a 1997 Kenny Irwin throwback. Wow. This car is sweet. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, I actually, again, we are we are almost on point. Where did, did you rank yours or no? I didn't rank mine, but I I, I could throw out a ranking if I need I, to. I had Yaley fourth, and... Like, I, 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 I reached for him for sure. So, no, it was a great pick. He was a, he's run the 1997 Kenny Irving Nerf, like you said, and it's crazy because we just joked about the Blaney scheme at the body armor that had all different like colors and neon and just look scream 1990s. Mm-hmm. Same exact thing for the Yaley car. It's got it's gonna be predominantly black, green, and purple, 
and I think there's a little bit of yellow in there as well. It's just like, holy hell, are my rollerblades? And let me watch some like, uh, like Nick at Night or something. Yeah, it almost reminds me of a Boppet. Yes. The color scheme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's what I first thought when I saw it. Then I saw the original car, and I was like, oh, that is sweet. It's a shame it's going to finish like 29th though. That's all right. That's fine. But, um. So yeah, it's, you're up. Yep, you have two picks. I, I'm back to back here. My pick's going to be Denny Hamlin. He's running That's a FedEx a car, which I always hate, but because it's a throwback scheme, they gave him a nice one. It's actually a 1973 Kale Yarbrough uh, related scheme where it's like a... I believe it's a Darlington win scheme. Oh, is it really? I believe so. Well, there we go. It's The top half's going to be purple, the bottom half's white, and that transition's like an orange line, and then they're using the original FedEx logo, which is, again, the 1973 is not by chance or by choice. No, it was because... Mm-hmm. FedEx came out in 1973, so I just think overall they did a fantastic job. I'm glad to have it fourth so, overall. I didn't realize FedEx was founded in 1973, or is that when they started sponsoring NASCAR? They were founded in 73. So they f- were founded in 73 and immediately started sponsoring NASCAR? No, no, no. So they never spon- they never started sponsoring NASCAR. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. They're throwing it back to like, <laughs> FedEx was like, we were, we were founded in 73. Let's use our... 1973 logos. I was very confused where they found the funding uh, as a startup uh, parcel service to uh, fund a NASCAR. Mm, But I do see what you're saying. Often confused. But like I, when I read the description of the car, it said 1973 FedEx Kale Yarbrough Darlington win. I was like, oh, FedEx has been around for a minute. Yeah. So we're just gonna move past my next pick here. (laughs) I was. Beyond excited to have this pick and maybe reaching. No one else probably even cares about this scheme, but Brennan Poole running a mid 1980s Ricky Rudd scheme. Uh, so Ricky Rudd used to run the Motocraft car and the 15 car for uh, Bud Moore, and Poole is also the 15 car. And mm-hmm. it's the same exact font, same exact colors, everything like that. And the sponsor for Poole is piece red, which is used a few times. And then Ricky Rudd's name was the Rooster, and they're calling this paint scheme the Red Rooster. Whoa. And I was just, I love Ricky Rudd. He, we are definitely the pro Ricky Rudd podcast. Yes. And I'm no ill will. So happy to see him. Like just get any news at all that I was fucking just electric about it. I can't believe he, I got him fifth overall with a scheme. Well, I, I mean, I'm not a Ricky Rudd guy. I like Ricky Rudd, but I, I mean. I can't take him. What kind of guy would I be? Great guy, better driver, or better driver, good guy, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my first pick of my next two is the uh, Tim Hill number sixty six roof claims car. Okay. But it's a nineteen eighty four Phil Parsons Skull Bandit car. Oh. So yes. they like the old. I school. saw that one. So it still says roof claims, but it has the Skull Bandit on uh, the car, and as a former uh, Skull Pouches guy <laughs> in high school. <laughs> what flavor? Uh, wintergreen. Of course. Um, I respect the hell out of this. What about long cut. No. Just pouches only? Just pouches. Okay. It was high school. I wasn't that daring. Fair. Very yeah. fair. I'll probably get called a pussy by a majority of this podcast. That's uh, all right. Listening. It's all right. Family, but whatever. It's a sweet car. Throwback to the heydays of NASCAR when half the sponsor was tobacco and beer. <laughs> like, that's just – or, like, Folgers Coffee. Like, those were the days. Yeah. Those were the days. Second um, pick you got here. Second pick, I'm going to go with the uh, 21 of Matt DiBenedetto, mm-hmm. the 1963 uh, Ford Galaxy Wood Brothers throwback. It's just a classic with the, the red on the side. It's like a glossy kind of red. Maybe it's just a photo that it was taken, but it looks like a glossy red and white. No, I saw on the, the same on thing. On the top. Yeah, it looked. It definitely didn't look like a normal uh, 
paint color. Wood Brothers could be one of the teams that this is like set up for, and a lot of their schemes every year look similar. That's because the Wood Brothers scheme's iconic. Over the where 50 years they've been running it, it's been a, the top white, bottom red, Motorcraft, Ford parts, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. It's been like that's been their scheme, and there's so many different drivers and tradition around it that I love seeing the throwbacks. I also love, I think they did as well, when they throw like the cubic inches or like the horsepower, like yeah. right out on the hood. I always love to do that. Yeah, that's a so that's a note that I made. They the last couple of years they've really been going back to that where they put like the horsepower and stuff on the hood. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, well, I don't want to steal a pick just in case, but yeah. So yeah, you're up. Yeah. So um, my back to backs here are going to be first is Clint Boyer. Mm, yes, I do like that car. He's running a uh, 1990 Kyle Petty peak antifreeze scheme it's actually the exact same scheme that petty use and because peak's gonna be a sponsor for boyer they're using again everything's matched perfectly petty won that in 1990 it was peak's first ever win in the cup series so i love that again the tradition this is what this race is for seeing a scheme like that come back later and then i don't know i just i love that kind of like tie-in yeah yeah it is a good looking car my Um, yeah your second pick my next pick is joey logano uh, he's got a shell scheme, but they, it's based off a 1985 Bobby Allison car. At the time, it was a Miller car, which is really cool is because it's got like a giant star in the quarter panels, and it just smooths out from red, and it hits, hits the quarters. It goes to white. I just overall like the scheme a lot. Yeah. My last pick is going to be, because I can't, it would be cheating to take a combination um, so I'm just going to take Chase Elliott's Jimmy Johnson throwback mm-hmm. from the 2013 championship. 2009. Oh. 2009 championship. Oh, shit. I thought you were going the Jimmy Johnson throwback with no, 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 no. Petty on it. No. So if we bring up some notable schemes, I, I have something on that. But uh, So, like, all of the uh, Hendrick cars outside of Johnson are running Johnson throwback schemes. Mm-hmm. So, like, Chase is running the 2009 championship. Uh, car uh, Byron's running the 2013 All-Star win car and then Bowman's running the 2006 uh Jimmy Johnson car, the championship car. Uh but I just like Chase's better. I think Chase I agree. The, the All-Star one is cool with the stripes, but I think 2009 Jimmy Johnson is like peak Jimmy Johnson schemes. I also agree. I thought it looked really good, especially with the way that, like, Napa, like, the logo on the hood. I thought everything with it just looked clean, and it looked very nice. The only thing we didn't see was a Jimmy Johnson the rookie scheme, mm-hmm. which I was penciling that he's going to run that. So, what did he last- run at Homestead last year? Didn't he run an ally, but it was a Lowe's throwback? I think he ran with the old Power of Prides, which was like red, white, and blue cars. He used to run for the – it's the same all-star race car type thing that, he, that Byron's okay. running. I think he ran one of those. I remember he did something in the last race of the year with like a low scheme, but it might have been that. I can't remember 100%. Um, but, any, yeah, so – honorable mentions we kind of touched on there, the Jimmy Johnson scheme that, you know, all this, the seven-time champions, mm-hmm. him, Petty, and – Yeah, uh, him – yeah, so the top is the old uh, 43 – uh, orange and blue Richard Petty scheme, and then the uh, like the sides and the front and the back is all Dale Earnhardt's uh, black like good wrench car. The only other guys that I had in my list that you didn't cover was uh, Tyler Reddick and the Jeff Burton 1994 Rookie of the Year scheme. Mm-hmm. It's again on a classic 90s car. Yeah, that's a good one. And then Ryan Blaney running the Paul Menard 2003 Arca win car, and I like that just because. 
Menards had a or Blaney's running a Menards car himself. So I do just like the whole Peak and Boyer. I like the tie-in of I'm running this. That's a sponsor currently. That's when they're when they first got in the series. Plus Paul was kind of like a nice stable like just a good clubhouse guy. He's the reason he's thrown NASCAR for so long. I think mm-hmm. it's cool to like honor someone like that, especially if they don't get a lot of notoriety based off their like results. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I was even confused by is the Eric Jones uh, throwback. It's, it's a Tony Stewart, 2005 Martinsville uh, home Depot scheme. But since the colors are changed on it, it really threw me off and I could not for the life of me remember this scheme. But after seeing it, it's a sweet car. I, I think it's, I think it's not a bad car. If it's a regular week, I would 100% agree with you. I just, the all or the, the uh, compare so compared to like he, he went undrafted for a reason. Yeah, that's what I was getting. Yeah, at. Um, but I am biased towards. Uh, moving from the schemes to the actual race here, uh, we do think that like Vegas kind of has it right, and we're just going off of Bet MGM for their favorites, but they have Kevin Harvick at slightly above three to one. Which is again very deserving. He's finished. He's got eight straight top nines at Do- uh, Darlington. He's got two wins, three races that he's led over 150 laps led. And as we've seen, oh, and he's eight top fives in those nine races. And we've seen this year, he's been absolutely just a rocket ship, so reliable. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I mean you couldn't say it better. After Harvick, they have Hamlin at three and a half to one. He's won two of the last five races at Darlington. Just like Harvick, he should be the favorite every single week as they have combined win 13 of the 26 races this year. Uh, he's got a career average finish of 7.2 at Darlington. All time, if you rate over 10 races, because technically Jones and Larson's had better, they only raced five and six races. But if you look at all time over 10 races, his 7.2 average finish at Darlington is the best all time. Uh, and like he's won at Homestead and Kansas earlier this year and Darlington earlier this year. And they're using a very similar tire compound or the exact tire compound they use at those tracks. And they kind of race similar too. We're going to see a lot of cars up in the fence looking for speed, especially in the long green flag runs. So I think it's going to be tailor made for another plug and play. Denny's going to be a contender. Yeah. So just kind of, uh, like piggybacking off of the, uh, the long green flag runs, um, the, if you can take four tires at this place, you take four tires. Oh, you have to. It's not even – if you have the opportunity to put four fresh tires on the car, you have to or you will be left in the dust. It's like Atlanta. You, the Darlington you, dust. You, you go three laps and the, the track's just so coarse. Abrasive, some would say. Oh, two fantastic – we're on yes. a roll right now. Yes. We're like Webster over here. But they tear up the tires so fast. You're like Merriam and Webster. You just need to like – you need the fresh fresh tires. Oh, and and it's a side note. Off of the tires, oh yeah, they're running throwback tires from oh, the nice. '60s and '70s. So they that. have like the old school Goodyear uh, like font, mm-hmm. and then they have a blue stripe around the outside of the tire. Is there a re- like that's what they ran back in the '70s? Or there a reason? That, yeah, that's that's, it? Just, that's just what that's, they ran. That's still that's, I love them do that. They did yeah. like the old school. Uh, I know they had a different old school white font with Goodyear in the past, but mm-hmm. I love when they throw in the different shit too. Or even they do like to support the troops for like Memorial Day. Yeah. I love when they have different tire schemes. Yeah, it's nice to have everybody included. Uh, after Hamlin, it's Martin Truex Jr. at eight to one. Now again, he's kind of deserving because, as we previously mentioned in the podcast, he's got eight straight top fours this season. Uh, he's also pretty solid at Darlington, as he's got top ten in five to last seven. He does have one win here, but. 
in terms of value, I would kind of shy away from him. I see him back in that like fourth to sixth range this race, where I don't. I think for in FanDuel, DraftKings, or against gambling in general, I don't think he's gonna be a top three guy, but he's definitely that that tier right below it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, next guy would be we're looking at Chase Elliott, and they have him at nine to one. He does have two top fives in his last four Darlington races. Really, it should be three because at the second Darlington race in the spring, the post uh, during quarantine spring, Elliott was probably going to win the race. It was me, him or Harvick or Kyle Busch. No, it was him or Harvick at the fresh tires, and Kyle Busch tried jump back in line, didn't really judge it correctly, and dumped Elliott, who finished since like thirty seventh or thirty eighth. He then famously flipped off Kyle or uh, yeah Kyle Busch. Yes. But he should be contender. He's shown some speed recently. Looked pretty good at Dover, even with some incidences. He finished second at Daytona. He won the the, the Daytona Road Course. So it looks at like nine had a little bit of summer rough days. We're not really used to seeing out of the nine team, and he's kind of bounced back now. I think momentum will carry over here at Darlington. Yeah, and it's gonna help starting from the pole as well. He'll get clean yep. air right away. Oh, uh, and you saw that at Dover too. He had clean air and he drove away from everybody. Yep. Yeah, and, De- and then he's starting next to him too. So they'll have a bit of a dogfight off the start. Uh, but that clean air is definitely going to help. So the last thing with Elliott is those similar tracks we looked at, like Kansas and Homestead. Elliott was right there with Hamlin the whole race, especially like all your metrics, like green flag speed, fastest long run, fastest short run, fastest laps, etc. He was right there with him. I think just based on how he's running, it should continue again. Next, we have Kyle Busch at 10-1. to 1. He's finished top 11 in 11 of the last 12 races at Darlington, which isn't, like, fantastic, fantastic, but shows mm-hmm. definitely consistency of he knows how to get on the track. Uh, he, I, second uh, last year in the Southern 500, correct? Yeah, I think that's when the Jones beat him at the yeah. ending correctly. Yeah. yeah. Then Kyle Busch drew, yeah, Kyle yeah, Busch he hit the wall, the yeah. yeah. Would he have caught him, though? I don't know, because I think Jones looked pretty good. Jones was fucking real. <laughs> uh, Kyle Busch doesn't have any wins. But he has led over 100 laps twice in those last 12 races here, uh, including three top fives in the last five. But as we've seen in Kyle Busch this season, it's not a typical Kyle Busch season. He's not getting those – not only he's winning races, which is one thing, he's not even up front contending to win races, which is more concerning to me. And that's why, again, he's someone just like Truex, where I think he might run fourth to sixth range, but I don't think he's going to be some sort of – uh, holy shit, contender, leads, 200 laps, a dominator. Uh, next on the list is Brad Kozlowski at 11-1. to He'll be the last favorite we kind of touch on. He's been running pretty well of late. I know he struggled at Dover and the, the Daytona Road Course, but he still managed to have an 8th place at Dover and I believe an 11th place in the other race. And then he, right before that, in the heart of the summer there, was like the Michigan, the New Hampshire uh, I think it was Kansas was the other one. He was a top three car in every single race. I don't see a reason that it wouldn't continue. And he does have a top five in three of the last four Darlington races with one win. It really does piss me off, though, that he's not racing a Miller Genuine draft car. Because those yeah, cars were just absolutely just fire paint schemes. Uh, he has led laps at Darlington in eight straight races, just to, just to show his consistency that he will be at some point up front, it all depends on, again, at what point in the race he gets to the front. Jumping into some sleepers, our first one's going to be uh, someone who's kind of fallen to hard times recently, and Zach's boy, but Eric Jones. Yeah, yeah. 
They have him at 18 to one, but which seems kind of high, but for reasons because in five career races, he's got five top eights, including the Southern 500 when we talked about just last year. And he actually has the third highest active driver rating here. Uh, I believe the top two were Kevin Harvick and Brad Kozlowski, which just shows that he has the, over the years, he's not just one race. He's he's had over 100 drive rating five to six races. Like he is going to be someone who can compete for the top 10, top five all day long. Yeah, I mean, I I like Eric Jones on FanDuel too because he's starting thirtieth. He's yep. probably gonna he's gonna cost you ten about ten five something like that. Um, but I mean, starting thirtieth and a guy who has won here, I that's kind of like an auto pick it, in your FanDuel. It's a lot more upside compared to like a Kurt Busch who is another really good Darlington racer, but because he starts higher up in the field, it that might not be as like worth the Guinness compared to an Eric Jones. Yeah. Uh, the last sleeper that I want to throw out is Tyler Reddick. He's listed at 50 to 1, which I don't get why it's that high because I think he actually may contend for the win if all things go right. I know the field's kind of pissed off at him for crashing them at Daytona, but if you look at his last two Xfinity races, he finished second and third here. In the Cup Series in two races, he finished seventh and 13th. The tracks that have that like strong high line up against the fence, the long runs, that's where Reddick really does thrive. And you look at it on the long run. So look at Homestead. He was the fourth best car on the long run all day long. He ended up finishing fourth. At the first Darlington race where he finished seventh, he was the third fastest car in the long run. You go to Kansas again, he finished 13th. But having the fifth fastest speed in the long run, the issue is you might get a couple of Darlington stripes. And these cars aren't as forgiving as the Xfinity cars are. But... We've seen Kyle Larson do it here where you run up against that fence, you're running up there, that's where the speed's at. It's just a risk-reward of some guys like Harvick say, you know what, I don't even care, I was run the bottom, not taking chances, and kind of like pick my battles. There is speed up there, there's going to be speed for the guys to take the risk, and I think he's a guy that's tailor-made for that, and I love him at 51, maybe just for a flyer, but anything like a top 10 prop bet, I think is a great bet to make. Any fan duel lineup, it's a great bet to put him in there. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I also have an RCR guy as a sleeper, and it's uh, the only other one, Austin Dillon, um, who he has a high of fourth, uh, the lowest in the last five races, a high of fourth. Lowest he's finished is 20th. Um, I mean, for like a, like a group bet guy, he's not a bad guy. For a fan duel, he's probably going to be right around like 80 to 80 or like 83 to 85, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. He's a good, like if you want to front load your lineup, he's a good guy yeah. to have in kind of like a middle middle tier guy he's one of those guys where we say sleeper Simmons guys might not win a race but they'd surprise you like one guy we talked about Dover like Ricky Stenhouse Jr he ran really well Mm -hmm. Uh, I said Reddick is one of my sleepers last week and again but like you can say you want the way he raced but he finished second when I think it was second or third when the stages and he was contending for the lead with 10 laps left that's like you want guys that have that, and I think Austin Dillon's definitely a guy that may not win the race. We're going to say he's win the race, but you, you won't be surprised you see him running in 7th or 8th. Yeah, totally agreed. Uh, what's cool for us, the fans, though, is, again, it's the playoffs just starting up, and we get our was it be our third of five straight night races, yep. and it's it's some about the night races. For, or, yeah, third, yeah, third of straight. Yeah, second. Oh, it's a second of five straight night races. I figured yeah. out. Second of five <laughs> straight night races, and it's just awesome. I love it. Yeah, and the cars look so much better under the lights. It gives you just freeze up a day, and I don't know. It's it's, it's awesome. Yeah, and especially this week because it's on a Sunday night uh, mm-hmm. at six o'clock, so you get 
to get plastered watching the race, wake up, and then just start drinking again for Labor Day. Yep. Whether you're on a lake, in a backyard. A little barbecue going on. Doesn't matter. You're Fantastic. just going to keep drinking. And you can brag to all your friends how you won all of your bets and your FanDuel lineups. Just raw dog and some hot dogs like Ryan Newman will be oh, doing. Straight down the throat with a couple glizzies. Yes. Absolutely. Just feasting. Yeah. So, all that being said, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Boom. Oh.